0: Well it was a major event over the weekend and it ended up as a major issue as it is disguised as pitch invaders decided to ruin the Warriors Bronco experience for everyone else at McLean Park including Kevin Murphy events uh, organiser for the Napier City Council Uh, put the whole thing together we spoke to uh, him yesterday this is Kevin right now a couple of days after it how are you feeling about it?
1: Well, I mean, still pretty gutted, to be honest. I mean, I'd actually been right um, for a walk around the whole ground and I ended up jumping up into the security box and was just commenting how great the night was and how the atmosphere was great, and then suddenly bloody all chaos happened. So, I mean, I've never been involved in a, or never watched a game with just so much activity with pitch invasions. It was just ridiculous.
0: Yeah it was and so what happens next and if there's such a glaring issue across New Zealand How are stadiums, event organisers and sport organisations meant to fight back? Well Shane Harmon is the CEO of Sky Stadium in Wellington They've had their own issues earlier in the year of course um, But he's in a really good spot Shane to uh, talk to us about it this morning And he comes into the show Shane thank you for coming on Good morning Ian when you saw what was happening at McLean park in napier how much did you empathize with uh, kevin and his team
1: oh completely um you know it brought back memories from earlier this year but look frankly it's not a new issue and nor is it confined to nrl matches we are collectively as venues seeing an increase in this type of behavior
0: you have had um a hosting of uh, world cup matches of different codes um uh, you're going to have a, a, a World Cup in terms of uh, one of the highest profile events uh, in world sport and one of the highest we'll ever see in this country and the FIFA Women's World Cup what are you expecting there, what kind of uh, pressures have been put on you in terms of making sure this can't happen
1: Well, first of all, we don't want to embarrass New Zealand on a global stage, number one. Um, Secondly, these major events, these World Cup-type events, um, have greater protection than regular sport in New Zealand under the Major Events Management Act. Um, And we will be seeking similar support for regular sport as the the Act provides. So under the Act currently, Anyone entering the field of play during a World Cup type event could be liable for a fine of up to five thousand dollars and a conviction to imprisonment for up to three months. Um, The issue we have, and you know, we saw this firsthand during the Cricket World Cup in twenty fifteen, is that those fines go nowhere near the limit. There were three instances in twenty fifteen. I think three invaders were charged under the Act and were fined just fifteen hundred dollars, and and two of seven hundred and fifty dollars. Um, you know, we really want to see that enforced, um, but we also want it extended um, beyond major events.
0: See, the the thing for me about this is, um, we call them pitch invaders, that's a polite um, way of describing them, but the pitch is the pitch for me, whether it's an NPC game, a FIFA World Cup game, a super rugby game, an all-black test match, it's still the dangers to the, uh, the players, there's still the disruption to the event, most of these of which are televised, Um, I'm not quite sure why um, there's such a disparity in punishments.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I completely agree. We have a responsibility as venues to provide a safe working environment for our teams and for our staff. Um, There were a number of staff injured in both um, events in Napier and Wellington, and and it just has to stop. And our, our main concern is that we are just one major incident away from irreparably changing the face of sport in this country forever. So, um, you know, I've been discussing with venues and with the codes over the last number of weeks. Um, we have universal support on this issue, and we will be making an approach to government in a couple of weeks to give consideration to widening um, the, uh, the provisions within the Mema Act to, to all sport. And, you know, the latest incident in Napier has garnered substantial media coverage in Australia, where state laws have been effective in curtailing this behaviour. If you enter the field of play at the MCG and disrupt the event, you would be um, liable for a fine of up to $11,000, and that had been affected.
0: Where do the police sit with with us, Shane, to be perfectly honest? I mean, they're governed by the law and uh, the act, as you're talking about at the moment, but where do they sit? I mean, it it appears it's the guys in the the red and yellow type uniforms that are on the front line here. Where do the police sit with us?
1: Well, current practices see offenders receive very light penalties, if any. And venues have consistently enforced trespass notices, um, which is two years ban from the venue. But in my view, these are largely ineffectual. Um, From a police perspective, most offenders, you know, are arrested, but they generally receive only pre-charge warnings from police. And look, I understand. I understand, you know, we don't want to be cluttering up the court systems with offences like this. It's why I feel... That major financial penalties um, have proved effective in Australia and and would prove effective here. Um, and you know the other the other issue over the years, and thankfully, um, I think we're seeing a, a change this year, is that we've seen the glorification of this type of behaviour um, in the media as well. We've seen um, these people get airtime. We've seen we've seen funding campaigns for them for any small fines that they may have received. But I'm pleasingly seeing this year that in the media. Um, you know, we, we're seeing there enough is enough as well and, you know, the, these incidents are embarrassing. Um, they risk injury to the spectators, the staff and, and players and it just has to stop and we feel that major deterrence, financial deterrence will will, uh, will be very effective in, in achieving that.
0: Have you been able to get to the bottom of why people do it? Um, is it a combination of things or, you know, is, is it the booze? Is it you know, these days uh, you can film it on social media. You can almost become a hero in a weird sort of a way in your own little group. But, uh, you know, the dare factor, is, is there one reason why people do it? I mean, an instance it appeared to me after the one guy did it in Napier, it was a case of follow the leader, like a game of bull rush. Let's just get to the other end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, I, there's, there's no one issue. I think, I think you've covered a couple of them there. Um, you know, while, while we've seen this type of behaviour before, we haven't seen it, in the volume that we've seen this year. And I believe that these incursions are increasingly pre-planned and, as you mentioned, recorded for distribution on social media. Um, you know, they get they get quite a lot of media reporting. Um, so, you know, I, I think they are organized and, and you see people entering the field all at the same time from different points to try and um, spread out security as much as possible. Um, you know, we've obviously worked with security to try and minimize the behavior, but there's only so much we can do unless we have, you know, arm-to-arm security the whole way around the field or, or, or God forbid, fencing off um, the access to the pitch, which is something we do not want to do in New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's a combination of factors. And, um, you know, I, I think the main issue is that there's no effective deterrence from, from preventing it from happening. A, you know, a a, a two-year trespass notice and venue is a, is a slap across the risk. We, you know, what we would like to start seeing is lifetime ban, bans be considered for offenders across all stadiums in New Zealand and that significant fines and, and then convictions for repeat offenders be applied. Um, also. You give... The other thing we... Go ahead, Ian, sorry.
0: No, I was just going to say, when the when it comes to the bans, how do you enforce those lifetime bans? Uh, uh, I mean, not an easy thing to do from, say, one month to two months' time.
1: Well, I think, um, you know, we it it, it is difficult, obviously, you know, unless you're using camera technology, which we're not currently doing at venues in New Zealand. Um, It is it is admittedly difficult. Um, However, um, you know, where we can get these people, if they are a repeat offender, um, you know, we have their details. Um, You know, they have been arrested by police. We have photographed them um and um you know if they are a repeat offender you know i i would say from a law perspective we we throw the book at them
0: interesting uh, very interesting so um what's your next move uh, what what needs to come in here i mean obviously there's yourself there's kevin um and i would imagine it's pretty uh, it's a pretty unanimous feeling amongst um, your colleagues
1: uh, yes. Um, so the next step for us is that we will be making a formal approach to government um, in the coming weeks. Um, and that will involve likely all of the major venues and all of the major sporting codes um, that use stadiums in New Zealand. Um, you know, what's been happening for me is that the support for this is unanimous across the industry. Um, and we know this is going to take time. So for us, it's about starting a conversation um and you know hopefully we get support on on all sides of politics for this um it just it just needs to stop and uh you know we want to we want to start that process now and um you know be part of the conversation
0: do you bear the full cost at sky stadium in wellington of security is it on you the lot or are you subsidized by anybody along the way and ha- just give us yeah, a fair, yeah. an idea of what it might cost when it costs security yeah, it, for...
1: Yeah, I mean, security operation, any venue, is thousands of dollars for any major event. That is generally passed on to the team. Um, you know, there are different hire models where, you know, some of that can be assumed by venue, just depending on the nature of the event. But either the venue or the team using the venue is, is picking up that cost of security. Um, what we don't want is to be... You know, we, we actually don't want to be, have more security in venues to be dealing with these types of things. Um, you know, there should be no reason for people coming on the field. And, you know, you're increasing the cost by bringing in more security and, and you're making it less fan friendly. So, you know, venues in New Zealand, we are fortunate. They're very relaxed. Um, you know, we, we have significantly less police presence at venues in New Zealand than I would say anywhere else in the world and um you know we just we just want to maintain that relaxed enjoyable atmosphere for all of our patrons who can come along and enjoy the game from start to finish and not look at these idiots running on field
0: so what have uh, fifa demanded from you as a host chain um in terms of these sorts of protocols what what have fifa um, dem- demanded that you guarantee
1: well it's not so much guarantee it's obviously a. a it's another level of security operations for these types of major events. Um, You know, we'll have 24-7 security at all venues um, over the entire FIFA period. Um, But again, it's a different type of atmosphere. Um, I'm I'm not anticipating any major events, um, many major issues for FIFA. Um, But, um, you know, there's always the risk there. We do have... Obviously, the power of MEMA and you know, I do hope that um, you know government authorities will be promoting that well in advance, so patrons are aware of you know the fines and penalties um, that will go uh, with um, entering the field of play um, for FIFA. So th- there is a substantial deterrent there, and, and thankfully for the World Cup type events, we haven't seen too many issues. I'm not aware of any issues that occurred during the uh, during the Rugby World Cup or the Women's Cricket World Cup last year. And um, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about FIFA. I think that will go well. Um, but you know, there, there is the deterrent of the Mema Act applies to that, that doesn't apply to the business as usual sports, so that's a help.
0: Shane, do you make a conscious effort to inform people um, on the big screens, etc., um, on any printed material that you might have yes, pro- yes, at the do. stadiums these days? Yeah.
1: Yes, we, we do um, we do with um, entering the field of play, but if you look at the likes of the MCG, they will put up their fine up to $11,000. That's very effective. We we currently can't and, and don't do that, obviously. Um, but, you know, as venues and as teams, you know, I want to work with the codes as well and, you know, see if we can get some programs from from the teams and the athletes involved, um, you know, um, being proactive and, and um, you know, asking fans to, to remain um, to remain in their seats. So there's more I think we can be doing as an industry also, not just relying on legislation.
0: Yep, it's a sad state of affairs, but uh, it's a reflection of society as much as anything else. I think um, a lot of people are losing respect for uh, other people's property. We see that on a, a daily basis. Um, and they also, um, I think, are losing respect for people's rights. And uh, we're talking here about the, the rights to go about playing your sport and the rights to pay your money and expect that you can watch it uninterrupted. And it's a societal thing as well, Shane, which I think is um, it's more deep-seated.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's possibly, um, you know, I'm, I'm focused on the... On the venue only, I I think, as I said earlier on, I think one of the pleasing things is that, you know, while this type of behavior has traditionally been glorified and, you know, venues are called the fun place for for trying to put a stop to it, I am sensing amongst media and fans in general that, you know, it has gone overboard and um, it does need to stop. So, you know, we'll be doing everything in our power to, you know, get more effective deterrence in place to ensure that that's a case ongoing.
0: Are You um, just finally, um, in terms of the Warriors, uh, of course uh, you've experienced um, the Warriors and you had an issue or two. Um, has that jeopardised um, the fact that they might come back to Wellington anytime soon? I mean, Napier they're saying no chance for a long, long time. I mean, uh, yeah. have you had dialogue with the Warriors about that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, no, we've we've had ongoing discussions with the Warriors. Um, you know, we haven't we haven't discussed next year's program yet with them, but. Um, you know, we do love hosting the Warriors every year and, you know, we do um, hope that we will continue to be able to bring a Warriors game to Wellington every year. Um, so there's certainly no indication from the Warriors that, um, you know, they, they will not um, be back to Wellington. But it's a, it's a collective issue. You know, as I said, I don't believe that this is specifically a, a Warriors um, issue. Um, you know, we're seeing this increasingly across the board. Like we haven't seen the numbers associated with the Warriors game, but... We are seeing this increasingly across the board. We've already had a few issues with Super Rugby this year. We've had it with football in the past and cricket. So I said it's not specifically Warriors, um, but um, yeah, we, we would we would be hopeful that that's not going to deter the Warriors from coming back to Wellington.
0: Shane Harmon, fantastic uh, to catch up with you I can hear the the passion and the disappointment in your voice and the need to do something so let's hope uh, your next move is a quick and successful one for all of us uh, sports fans and all all of us attendees Thanks for your time Shane, all the very best Thank
1: you Ian, appreciate it